Welcome to Bear Weather Fans, the top Bears podcast, depending on how far you scroll down. Join your hosts, me, Patrick, and Coach Bob. Say hi, Coach Bob. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. And our co-host, Ed O'Bradabot. Say hi, Ed. And guess what? The mushrooms keep kicking our butt. And this is Bear Weather Fans. Welcome to Bear Weather Fans. This is a week three episode. The Browns are a distant, foggy memory that we won't bring up, except for every time I do, because I'm still not emotionally over it. Um, and up next are the Detroit Lions. So we're here to talk about the Detroit Lions game predictions. With me, of course, is Coach Bob and Edo Bradabot. Uh, Coach Bob, what are we thinking? I feel good. I feel good about this right now. You know, I, it's hard to feel good because of how bad the game went against the Browns, but um, I feel good about the Lions. I feel like the Lions are just the medicine we need. <laughs> yeah. My understanding in horse racing is um, when a horse starts to lose confidence, they purposely make a race against a terrible horse so that it, like, just somebody to beat to, like, get some feeling back and f- some confidence. And so I feel like the Detroit Lions are that for the NFC North. I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, look at what the Green Bay Packers did. The Green Bay <laughs> Packers went out and they looked like a high school football team against the New Orleans Saints, losing 38 to 3, like a absolutely humiliating, devastating loss. And you're sitting there going, "Oh, wow, that was truly spectacularly horrible." And then they tried to play bad against the Lions, and then they were like, ah, it's really hard to play this shitty. And they just ended up <laughs> beating the crap out of the Lions and then kind of got their mojo back. Right. It's, uh, yeah. So the one bummer I have is that they used to obviously have Matt Patricia, one of the worst coaches, like in all football. And Trubisky used to just annihilate on him because Patricia would, like, stubbornly stick and like very obvious defenses that even Trubisky could read like consistently, which was um, mm-hmm. like kind of a feat. But yeah, so switching, you know, obviously he got fired, and then Dan Campbell or whatever his name is, um, the old tight end, like becoming their head coach is at least like a little bit of a question mark. I don't really know what to expect from there. But I think at w- worst for us, at best for them, he's like a question mark head coach. It's his first year, so he's going to make mistakes. And, uh, you know, you're trading, you're probably upgrading a little bit of head coach and then you're vastly, uh, downgrading with, uh, Jared Goff as your QB over, uh, Matt Stafford, in my opinion. No doubt. Matt Stafford is considerably better than Jared Goff. <laughs> and um, yeah. That's why the Rams look like they're like serious Super Bowl contenders. Hell yeah. And especially like, I think it's gonna be a good matchup. Cause like, you know, Detroit Lions, uh, offensive line is like average, and it uh, turns out Robert Quinn is back, and he's angry, and he's out to prove all of us wrong. And uh, Jared Goff cannot move, and it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm very excited for our defensive line to embarrass their offensive line. 
even though they're not a horrible O-line, we do have a very strong defensive line, and I think we win that matchup pretty significantly. And to your point, uh, Jared Goff should not instill confidence in Lions fans about that situation. <laughs> yeah, and like, man, so much of his success has like been revealed was like McVay being incredible. And like, have you seen the supercut of him just like staring blankly, like thousand yard stare at a line? while McVeigh uh like reads the defense for him like through the microphone or through the headset. I mean like That's oh, incredible. <laughs> it's pretty great. And then so that was like I read an article after the uh Patriots killed him in the Super Bowl that the Patriots would show one defensive um look and then McVeigh would be like, All right, here we go, like here's what it is and then as soon as there's a roll where it's like fifteen seconds before the playcock expires, uh you're not allowed to talk, so the mic's cut out. And after that, the Patriots would switch their defensive look and just <laughs> confuse the hell out of them. And uh, it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, this dude is not smart. Uh, so he needs all the help. That is so funny. And it's so <laughs> funny that we talk about like how McVeigh is sitting there helping the quarterback. Hey, this is what I'm saying. This is what's going on. Like to try to instill confidence and, you know, help him make the right play. And then it feels like on the bear side, it's hi. Oh, um, well, we're gonna we're gonna call play. This play is gonna be a good play. Um, you know what? Let's just run it up the middle. And then by that time, there's five seconds left on the play clock, and uh, and then they get to tee it up too. The defense gets to tee up the snap count because it's already oh, it must be snapped. Right now. Okay. Oh, that was blown up. Who saw that coming? Oh, you know what? I'll get a new play call in there. Hold on. Give me a second. Let me just check this card. Hold on. I got to cover my mouth. I'm going to get a good play call in here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Like, that's what I feel like our quarterback listens to. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like the meme, uh, you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. But it's like, yeah, literally like, all right, let's get McVeigh's out there. Like, all right, let's get the line out there early. Like, let's get you that see the form and like you're saying he's like he's helping the QB every step in the way let's get some confidence let's help you read it and like yeah Nagy's waiting till five seconds before the play clock expires just get the play call out there like all right go line up go no time to read the defense go like what are you doing and then like the play design is vastly inferior like it's so it's such a perfect yeah that's a good call it's such a perfect like dichotomy there like my god does he does he call the play after that point where the mic cuts out, and that's <laughs> why they, they so often, like, he's like, hey, I'm going to call play. All right, it's, and then the mic cuts out, and the guy looks over, and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, God <damn> it. <laughs> well, thanks, coach. <laughs> I was, like, flabbergasted because there was a run play on, like, third and two or something that uh, this past game that yep. was, like, a very obvious stacked box to the left, and then the run design ended up going to the left. And, um, I was, I know you and I were talking last week and I was complaining. It's like, man, there's so many times we saw, like, even Andy Dalton in a very obvious, unfavorable situation for running and he would not check out of a play. And it's like, why do you have a veteran there? If, like, is he not, is he not seeing it right? What's going on? And we found out um, that, like, no, like, he doesn't let his QBs check out of plays for a lot of these, which is, like, (sighs) just indefensible. (laughs) Just, like, it comes back to the lack of, uh, or the insecurity. Yeah. The, you know, they're going to start auto billing out of, out of all my plays, and now it's going to look like defiance and whatever else. It, it is strictly insecurity. It's such a bummer, man. Like, God, I can't imagine any other position in the whole team getting away with what he what he does there. 
where it's like yeah he he'd be benched he would yeah. be benched for sure which by the way we've talked about there's a solution bench yourself right pull yourself out of the game say you tweaked your knee <laughs> and uh let blazer call the place right like in a way like dude you have lucked into the best position in the NFL like you have an awesome QB you have a uh, offensive coordinator under you who actually like wants to call plays and is pretty good at it when you give him the, an option, like significantly better than you. Like you have one of the sweetest gigs in the NFL where you can just hang back and let it be on autopilot and just like give input to what you see during the game. So for him to be buried in his play sheet for the whole game and like you know kind of missing the forest for the trees at all times, so it's like no, I gotta get my perfect play call. Meanwhile, he's like running into stack boxes because he's not aware of what the situation is like absolutely yeah absolutely so i said i wasn't going to complain about the game anymore and then here we Sorry. are minutes later <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's just so hard it's like a poison that needs to be like let out slowly um all right talking about the matchup uh yeah so i mean i think we agree that golf is a significant downgrade against stafford i think he struggles like we've said with like reading the defense i think desai has been awesome with uh like hiding looks and switching him up and getting everybody like out of situations you wouldn't expect like the cornerbacks are switching sides um cleo mack is lined up in like inside linebacker for a couple like it's it's crazy um so i think that is gonna really throw him off yeah, he he is doing a very nice job. I'm impressed. I was worried uh, week one with those breakdowns, um, and I will say the more I watch it, the more I just feel like Eddie Jackson just isn't that good. Um, and Sean Desai can't uh, play safety, um, <laughs> so there's only so much on him there. Um, yeah, like it's one of those things where, like, as much as I sound like the biggest like Eddie Jackson hater of all time. Like, when when he was playing that poorly and those big plays were happening over the top when he was like on his side as the safety like outside of a few of those big plays against the Rams the defense was pretty good and like the next week when he played well the defense was phenomenal and then last week the defense played pretty darn well, and there was only a few plays, like I said, and somehow somehow he was in on those two in a bad way. But it's like, overall, the defense has been pretty darn good. I've been very impressed. Um, yeah. Played good teams, and they've held up, and they've kept us in games that we shouldn't be in because we can't score. Yeah. Yeah, we talked last episode about how, like, man, they kept the Browns game way closer than it should have been for way longer than they had any right to just because of how well they played, like, and we were, you know, flabbergasted by how many sacks um, Justin Fields was getting because it's, like, terrifying to watch. But, like, Baker Mayfield was getting killed out there, too. Like, he was getting, yeah, clobbered. And I know we talked last episode, if you listened to it, um, that an average NFL defense is out there for, like, 62 snaps a game or whatever. And the Bears are out there for uh, 81 or whatever. So, like, an entire quarter more. Um, so that's kind of how that happens. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, on those matchups, I really like our defensive front against uh, their offensive line quarterback situation. Um, I'm kind of blinking on who are the Lions' top receivers? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. I have no idea. Well, that's good news, because <laughs> if we don't know, then I'm actually probably okay with 
even the matchup our defensive secondary against their wideouts, um, so long as they don't have some. I, I, I was trying to think of who I was forgetting. Yeah, it's uh, Tyrell Williams and uh, Khalif Raymond, who were like, oh, what household household names? Like, what legends of the game? Doesn't scare me at all. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I like our defensive matchup. I think we're going to keep them to a relatively low scoring affair. Yeah, I can definitely on that side it. of the ball. Yeah. yeah. I man, I wonder if they have the worst receivers in the league. So Pro Football Focus um has them ranked as the second worst wide receiving core uh next to the Houston Texans. And I guess that makes it's just at that point it's like I don't know. Tomatoes. It's pretty tomato. terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that's really exciting for terrible wide receivers against young cornerbacks. So like Man, they're going to be dominating matchups all day against an overwhelmed QB who does not read the field very well. Like this, I'm like getting amped up right now. I'm excited about this. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be good. <laughs> Sweet man. So, I think we agree defensively, it's a good matchup. Like across the board, I know. Yeah, Eddie Jackson has had his problems, but I think he has put more complete games together the longer into the season we've gone, and who knows. But, uh, yeah, I would say across the board on defense. I mean, it's a good defense regardless. And playing a team like this, I think it's an awesome matchup. What what do you think the offensive scheme is going to look like? Um, I think that Matt Nagy is going to overcompensate and go freaking bonkers. <laughs> and, like, he's not going to keep Justin Fields in the pocket one time. I think he is going to like play action into an RPO into a rollout on the first play that also has some like pitches. I don't know. It's going to be like what uh, a 12 year old writes on a napkin. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's going to compensate and go like crazy move everybody everywhere um, and see how it goes. Uh, You know, I got to believe that if he's calling plays, he is hearing the media loud and clear, like you're an embarrassment that is not acceptable, you know, fill in the blanks there. And I think, I think he's going to, I think he's going to take shots downfield. I think he's going to, I think he's going to script out the whole first quarter because that's what he does. He premeditates (laughs) all his moves. Right. Uh, (laughs) Like a boxer going in, going left jab, left jab. Right hook, uppercut, <laughs> duck. Like that's that's Matt Nagy, but right, right. Um, that's how I drive that, too. Like when I'm yeah, driving from A to B, I I just pre-plan all my turns and speeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And regardless of other traffic, right? Yeah, you just go. <laughs> you, yeah. Hopefully, there's no cars there. Otherwise, they're screwed. I'm gonna hold um, the accelerator for 45 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's why he crashes a lot. But anyway, even that <laughs> is better than what happened in this last week, where he seemed woefully unprepared so um anyway yeah i think i think that's what i expect scheme wise what do you think i could see that because in some ways like i don't know the 2018 offense early on in the season was so crazy and like quirky and uh he was so bombs away like they're one of the deep shot leaders in the nfl and as that went away one interpretation is like 
He is a fraud who showed up with someone else's playbook, and the longer it required him to put his own plays in, the worse it was. But another interpretation is he was overcorrecting for making things too complicated for a QB who obviously wasn't processing stuff and wasn't developing in a way you'd hope. And so 2019, even in 2020, it seems like he tried to quote-unquote simplify things in a way that um, just made it really hard on everybody, where it's like, all right, everyone run identical curls at 10 yards, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, so I do think he has an aspect of like overcorrecting in him. And so I would I would love that. If everything was motion, everything was play action, everything was bootleg, moving pockets, like I would love just absolute mayhem at all times. Um yeah, I, I could see that, but he's also so stubborn too. I think we will see the yeah, the kind of orchestrated uh scripted plays you're talking about early. We'll see a lot of like variation and like wacky design that will gradually run out of steam as the game goes on. And so if they don't score, like, the first two drives, it's going to be a bad game. <laughs> and then, like, the second half is going to be, like, basically the same drive over and over. Because that's kind of how it's been. So do you do you see him keeping Justin Fields in the pocket a lot? Uh, God, I hope not. I think first half, no. And then as the game settles for better or worse, yes. Well, that's a, that's a bold prediction. I like that. Yeah, so yeah. basically, he'll get creative, roll out, and then he'll just default back to whatever place he's calling at the last second. Yeah. Okay. I I'm cool with that. Do you you think? Uh, I, I I just love how like simple minded some of the plays are. Like, all right, on the first drive, we are going to throw the out. <laughs> at seven yards and then on the next play we're gonna run the wheel route at the same guy and see if he bites on the first move (laughs) yeah yeah that's how it works against high schoolers maybe maybe it'll work in the nfl but um yeah i think we will score some points next week um because i think detroit is uh that slump buster we're looking for hell yeah (laughs) oh i'm ready um, so one thing we talked about, God, what was it? Two weeks ago was, uh, my disgust with Van Nagy of how predictable his play calling was where, um, I think it was after, yeah, is that for the Rams? You know, after the Cincinnati game, like the whole second half, they had some like 11 first down plays to call. Like, Oh, they showed up on first and 10, 11 times. And uh, nine of those were runs with Montgomery up the middle. So it's like it's just so predictable. Do you think he's going to be better at that, or do you think he's going to just unwind to his Matt Nagy predictability? Um, I think in the beginning he'll be unpredictable because he will script unpredictability, which is like the funniest oxymoron of all time. That's great. Like he will he will predetermine unpredictability, right? And then yeah, and then like you said, as because he can only. He can only script so many drives. He will then think that he can adjust based on what he's seeing and instead call a bunch of shitty plays and then fall into oh, we're going to we're going to establish the run to protect our quarterback and <laughs> abandon anything that's been working at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Well, like I want to come off as like we think we're all that. Like how well do you think you could adjust against a opposing team if between you and the team was a Denny's menu. 
you know, like right up in front of your face. Like I would have a hard time too. So um, it's true. (laughs) Maybe give him some credit for not seeing anything or being aware of anything at any time. I I will also say like, I, I really am guilty when I look at a Denny's menu of, I just keep going back to my favorite meal. And I feel like he does that with play calling. <laughs> he goes, you remember that one time in practice this play work? Let's try it again. <laughs> hey, let, let's try it again. Let's see if it works this over time. Over and over. Like, all right. Thank God Cordell Patterson's not on the team anymore. Because I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm like, all right. They'll never see us coming. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. He's on for this one play. <laughs> There's no way it's a pitch to him on a jet sweep. Oh, and like of all the people, it's like, all right, he's a big dude, he's fast. He has no vision, he's not running back. Like it's it's unfair of you to ask him to have vision. So like trying to get him to like, shoot gaps and gauge holes is like it's so manacky. Like um Absolutely. I wrote something I think last year laughing at like he has this weird infatuation with uh using people in like unexpected way. It's unexpected in general, like atypical stuff, so he can kinda in my opinion, he can be like feel like really smart about like see this was all me i saw this and no one else did and so one of them was like all the trick plays where he would use you know defensive players in weird positions like the santa sleigh play and some are really fun to watch and memorable like akeem hicks uh that touchdown run Eh, that's fun you know that's cool it is it is um and then there are other things where he's so like obsessed with atypical atypicality where it's like yeah cordell patterson used just like a short yardage back or um, for some reason, he took that defensive end Rashad Coward I was talking about and made him a starting offensive lineman, despite him never playing the position at like any level. He's like, he did anything he did in high school, and like, yeah, yeah, you can do an NFL lineman, it's fine. And uh, like six months earlier, he had taken one of our linemen, uh, Bradley Sowell, and uh, asked him to t- convert to tight end. <laughs> like, but I've never played. Like, oh, it's fine. You and I, I'm an offensive genius. I got you. So it's it's just figure it out. Yeah. It's just stuff like that where it's like what are we doing, guy? Come on, man. Like So, I don't really have a point to be made about this game. I just need to complain about it to somebody. And yeah. That's why I'm here. That is why I'm here, Patrick. <laughs> it sure is. So anyway, back to game predictions. Uh so Montgomery did not have a good game. I mean, no one did. Nagy did not have a good game. Uh, Montgomery did the best he could. Uh, how do you think he plays against the Lions? I think he plays well. Um, I think that when Nagy gets all creative, it's going to open things up for him. Mm. So I think in the beginning of the game when he's calling all his crazy shit and moving the pocket all the time and whatever else, all that stuff, all the stuff we've talked about, like all the things Justin Fields is capable of doing, will create mismatches for David Montgomery. Like the, the line and the linebackers will get frozen on bootlegs where he's actually handed the ball off. Like he will hand the ball off to David Montgomery, roll out to one side and the linebackers will freeze not knowing who has the ball and David Montgomery will have a step or it'll allow a block to get into place or whatever else. Like, they have to respect so much that Justin Fields will be able to do that David Montgomery will be better. Not to mention you're not running into the D-line that we just faced and like an inept passing game. I think if the passing game comes anywhere near even just below average for the league, not like historically bad, 
um, the dual threat of Justin Fields combined with David Montgomery. And I think there'll be some designed runs. So then like that RPO or even not even just run pass option, but like give it or take it yourself running. Like it's going to freeze linemen. And uh, when those guys start freezing, David Montgomery is so good after contact. And when they're not getting a full head of steam, he's going to be, he's going to be super dangerous. So I think he has a good game. Yeah. I don't know if he has a hundred yards. I have a, Lost a little confidence in the Bears, but I, I could see a 100-yard rushing game from him. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, just so we're all on the same page. Uh, first game against the Rams, uh, Montgomery had 108 yards and 16 carries, which is awesome. Uh, against the Bengals, he had 20 carries, but only 61 yards, so whatever, 47 yards less. Uh, against the Browns, he only had 10 carries for 34 yards. So he's losing about 35 yards per game, uh, which is the wrong direction to go. But... This is where I bring us back up. Uh, the Lions. So, yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll go back up. Slumbuster, for sure. <laughs> Slumbuster Lions. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how many yards do you think he rushes for? I would put the over-under on, like, 80. Okay. Would you take the over or the under? I know you set the line, so maybe you right. take it right on the line. Uh, so, yeah, I'm saying I would take the over on that line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe I would take the over. I mean, I can always convince myself that's going to be a good game. And the Lions are the slumbuster. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him, like, doing 90. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a good game. I just, um, of the many failings of Matt Nagy, he hasn't had a competent, he's, like, somewhat had a competent passing game some games, and he's, like, never had a competent rushing yard game, like, basically ever. So that's where I'm always, like, Come on, man. Like, I, I have seared in my memory him going up to Jordan Howard in 2018. He'd be like, I promise you, I will get you going. And it's like this really heartfelt clip that was shared on Twitter and everything of like, see, Matt Nagy cares about us players. And then, uh, no, he never did get going. And uh, yeah, Jordan Howard got like cut at the end of the season and given to the Eagles or whatever. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Sorry, I'm being such a downer this week. God damn. No, no, we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, on this game, I like our defense against their offense. I think we're going to keep them low scoring. I like our I like that their defense isn't good. So, even though our offense is also not good, I think it'll I think it'll figure some stuff out because I think part of what made our offense look so horrible this season is facing really elite defenses. Yeah. Um, and like I don't think we have any delusions about the Bears this year. I mean, besides the fact that you predicted they'd be three and zero right now, um, <laughs> like I think I think most people saw the Bears as a middle of the road team. I mean, Vegas had them with a seven and a half over under on wins on a seventeen game season, so Vegas had them as a you know sub five hundred team. Um, a win here puts us back to five hundred. I think I think we can do that, and I think the offense can get some stuff going. I think. I think they were, you know, like smacked in the face. I really, really hope they respond and don't have another just complete offensive dud. That would be super disappointing. Yes, sir. And I am, I am optimistic that we are going to get out of that and that we will win this week. Okay, but yeah, you convinced me. I'm back on board. Okay. Um, yeah, they're yeah. This is the game, man. This is this is the buster. All right, so I'm gonna put. I don't know where my mouth is. I'm gonna say 21-14 Bears. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twenty one ten bears. That's right. 
<laughs> no, wait. Mm, I just think the defense is going to... Like, they held the Browns to, like... Like, a pretty good Browns offense to, like, nothing for almost that whole game. Like... I, I hear you. Uh, all right. 21-14, final answer. Sounds good. I'm going to go... This is not that bold of a prediction, but I'm okay. going to go... 2417 bears. bears okay the only reason that's slightly bold is because that would be the most points the bears have scored this season and <laughs> there really isn't much that should inspire confidence on the offensive side of the ball no. now i'm going to take this prediction a step further and say that um and it's going to go one of two ways in my mind the 2417 win is going to come from because uh, I agree, I think our defense is, is going to slow them down big time. So the only reason they're going to get 17 is either Eddie Jackson's going to let them have an easy touchdown early, or we're going to completely shut them down until garbage time, and they're going to score in garbage time to get up to 17. Uh. We go to prevent, and like you know, we've held them to 10 all game, and then they get a touchdown with with little time left, and we win by a score anyway. Yeah. So. That's my that's my twenty four seventeen. Okay, that, I like to hear that when when Bob is really optimistic, like that's when I'm excited too. It's like all right, uh, awesome man. Well, that's our game preview for the Bears against the Lions. Is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Um. I don't think we've said it this week since we've split up our episodes, oh, but yeah. I think uh, you've got a COVID vaccine plug. Hell yeah. So uh, if any of you have not been uh, vaccinated yet or considering getting vaccinated, please uh, call the COVID-19 hotline, the CDC hotline. Uh, you can call at any time. Uh, let me look up my number here. I always get confused. It's 1-800-CDC. Is that right? <laughs> Um, CDC COVID hotline is freaking 1-800-232-4636. And you can call anytime and have any questions you may have about the COVID vaccine. Uh, I promise you getting the vaccine will keep the people in your life safer. So please consider getting it if you haven't already. Otherwise, thanks for listening to Bear Weather Fans. And so we can agree that there's no way it's actually 1-800-CDC. <laughs> Just not enough digits. <laughs> like I, I, that's not how that works. 